Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. So happy you are here. My goal with this channel is to bring inspirational speakers to the mic in the field of yoga, massage, body work, and beyond. Follow us at Native Yoga and check us out at nativeyogacenter.com. All right, let's begin. Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. Today, my special guest is Laura Rogers. Laura is an avid yoga practitioner, meditation practitioner, and she has been practicing here at Native Yoga Center for a good 15 or so years and maybe longer. And she, you can find her, actually, I'm going to include her email address. She was open for me to leaving that. If anyone has any questions, comments, or want to send her some love, uh, you can find her at laurardgrs at gmail.com. So the link is below. You can just click it and super easy. All right. Well, I'm so excited to introduce you to Laura. Let's go ahead and begin. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to bring Laura Rogers onto the podcast today. And Laura, thanks so much for joining me here in the studio. And uh, you've, what, do you remember when you started practicing here, what year that was? Well, um, I'm so glad to be here and so excited to be doing this podcast with you. Thank you. I'm a regular listener, so it's kind of surreal to all of a sudden be here. <laughs> um, I, gosh, I'm, you know, my parents have lived in uh, Palm Beach Gardens right near here for 35 plus years. Um, I know I didn't start right away. I'm thinking, well, how long have you guys been here? It's been 17 years. So it'll be 18 in April. I mean, 15? I think so. Possible? Yeah. Th- I think it's I mean, been about that long. I mean, we could probably look back yeah. at the records, but yeah. it's, it's quite a while. In con- only when I came to visit um, and then moved here. Yeah. So it's it wasn't every week all the time, but every time I came to visit. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, it's so great to have this opportunity. I've gotten a chance to know you over the years and, and you've been practicing with this for a long time. And um, so I really am excited to have a chance to ask you questions about your yoga journey and hear about what, what gets you excited about yoga and meditation and the work that you do. Um, can you tell me where or when and what your first like light bulb moment with yoga was in relation to realizing, Oh, there's this thing called yoga. Yeah. Well, I started off as a dancer, um, and thinking that I was going to be a professional dancer and went to college, luckily, um, in Westchester, Sarah Lawrence College, and majored in dance and had an overuse injury that prevented me Mm. from doing that. And so when I needed to make that pivot, Mm. um, sometime soon after that, I found yoga. I'm surprised that I didn't find it before that, but I think I was so focused on the dance and all different aspects of dance that I didn't. Mm. And so I found yoga probably in my early 20s. Um, and my fr- I remember my first teacher was just, it was almost a restorative class. I didn't know anything about what I was doing. All I remember now is that we didn't get up, up off the floor very much. Yeah. And I found it very relaxing. And then as it unfolded, it was just such a wonderful 
pivot for me from the dance because instead of the mirror, I mean, we don't often use the mirror. Um, there's certainly no audience. It's really about an inner feeling and breathing. Yeah. And so it was this wonderful transition to um, that kind of a physical practice. And I, I have to admit that I only saw yoga because I was coming from that dance background as a physical practice. Um, I, it might have been about seven years before I really started to wake up and start hearing lots of, you know, other, you know, aspects, yoga philosophy and, uh, yes. and different, understand that there are many, many kinds of yoga. And yes. then I started to really, really zoom ahead with that. Cool. Were, was there a specific style or practice that kind of opened that up for you? You know, like if we look back at our yoga history, we might, like you said, you're able to look back and kind of see, okay, for this, you know, about seven year period of time, I saw it mostly as just, so let me go do my exercise within the yoga realm. And then yeah. something shifted to where you realized there was a, like a mind body connection and, or that it could be great stress management as well. Or yeah. perhaps like you see all these different connections. Yeah. What, what do you think that catalyst was? What do you, what do you think got you to start to open up your horizons? Well, Interestingly enough, I was not a person that saw yoga as my exercise because I was mostly doing restorative. Uh, yeah. I just didn't know quite what I was doing, but yeah. I knew it was making me feel better and better. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, I I started to learn. Well, one of my teachers, uh, Sarah Powers and mm -hmm. Ty Powers, I mm -hmm. really followed them around a lot and got a lot from them in terms of understanding a lot of different types of practice, including yin, mm -hmm. um, vinyasa, uh, meditation. Mm. Um, we, I also retreated with them. So I would say that's when I really started to um, understand a lot more. But I started to pick up on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, after I'd practiced for a while, I was just kind of didn't know. Yeah. Um, I wasn't do, going to do my exercise. I just didn't know. You know, I was just going, yeah. oh, there's yoga and yeah. it makes me feel good. Oh, that's so cool. So I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about meditation? Would you say that within those yin practices with Sarah, that's where you got introduced to meditation? Or what was your kind of intro and trajectory with, with meditation practice? Well, there was always some meditation, uh, little bits of meditation and also breath work and yoga classes as I went along. Um, Sarah also does um, a lot of meditation dharma talks and has expanded. So yes, um, meditation, mindfulness um, in yoga, in yin, in um, all forms of the physical practice, but I was exposed to meditation, sitting and walking um, then, and then it really took off when I went away for a week to California to do the Hoffman process. Um, which really, I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a basically you have to be in pretty good shape to go do it. But the people who go do it, it's like there's some area of my life that's not that's not working, that's not going. Yeah, I've been in therapy. I've yep. I've done a lot of things, and it's still not budging. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be basically pretty hardy. It's a week long intensive where it doesn't just happen in California. There are other places we might want to, if people are interested, put it in the notes. Um, it's the, the main one is a week long intensive where you go through this whole group and individual process 
based on the work of Bob Hoffman, which he takes from all different places. Meditation is a part of it. Spiritual self, physical self, intellectual self, emotional self, dealing with all the patterns that mm. been, we've been carrying um, from way back, not blaming, but just, oh, okay, that came from my mother and her mother, and I'm yeah. a lot like my mother. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and so it's this whole awakening. And from there, which was probably, I mean, I really got bitten by the meditation bug in a big way there. And that was thinking 2007, six. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I was voraciously reading everything and trying to go on retreat and yes, finding yes. teachers and what retreats and or meditation teachers have you practiced with? Well, um, so I started off just sort of reading the big guns, um, in my opinion, I guess that's not the right word for meditation or anything these days, uh, <laughs> yeah, good you point. know, <laughs> Rock, Jack uh -huh. Kornfield, mm -hmm. Sharon Salzberg, Joseph Goldstein. Um, and then, you know, from there, many, many others, Pema Chodron. Nice. Um, and then I started going on retreat with Sarah and Ty Powers. And then from there, because that was a combination of yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. So from there, I recognized that I I wanted to go on meditation retreats. Yeah. Not, not, you know, where actually all your practices were put down yeah. for that yeah. time. Gotcha. So then I went to Insight Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts, because that was closest to me. Yeah. Um, and did many, many retreats there with a multitude of teachers. Nice, nice. Um, is that predominantly a Vipassana-based uh, uh, meditation center? Yes. Is it affiliated with Spirit Rock in any way? Jack Kornfield started Spirit Rock, and he originally started Insight Meditation Society with Sharon and Joseph. Gotcha. Um, and then he broke off, but they're incredibly friendly, and there's a lot of overlap yeah. and interplay. Yeah. Gotcha. And, yeah. So the Insight Meditation Center is a different space location yeah. to the spirit rock, but there's yes. affiliation between spirit those Rocks in two. California. Gotcha. And these are like, um, silent meditation retreats or is it that you silent during the day can talk at night? How did, mm -hmm. cause I've heard like with Vipassana with under Goenka, it's yeah. like a 10 day silent retreat, like full yeah. silence, no breaks. Yeah. And I heard with, I haven't studied or practiced at either spirit rock or with insight yoga, but I heard mm -hmm. they, allow for people to talk what how did that structure work for you well um insight meditation society that's all different retreats same thing at spirit rock but yeah. if you're doing a silent retreat gotcha the first day you get there you hear about what's going on and you understand the lay of the land and if you're returning then you kind of know all of that um, and then, yeah, you go into silence um, cool. that night, yeah. later into the night, and then yeah. however long the retreat is, you're in silence until, you know, at some point towards the end, yes. almost at yes. the end. Gotcha. Yeah. What is your experience with silence? Mm. Well, everybody always says when you're getting ready to go on retreat, oh, have a nice relaxing time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, if they've said that, they haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good indicator because it's really challenging, right? Don't, it's have very you, have challenging. You hit, yeah, yeah. Well, the interesting thing for me is the not talking is the easiest part. 
Yeah. For me, that's like, oh, a nice relief from the social stuff and the yeah. just putting putting all of that down, the social niceties. You don't even, you know, um, make eye contact with people too much and you kind of know that's the deal. Yeah. And that is a, a wonderful relief. You know, like with sitting in meditation except for longer, you know, when I sit in the morning, um, in my and I have a practice where I sit every morning, whatever's going on, you know, whatever emotionally, physically, um, in my mind, that's what's going to be there, you know. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, know that yeah. we don't sit down in meditation and try to have an empty mind because yeah, the mind doesn't yeah. empty. It's not what it does. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, we don't. I don't want to follow all the stories and sit there thinking about things because that would just be what I would do. My car driving normally. (laughs) So, you know, when I go on retreat, things that I may not even know are lurking under the surface. It could be extreme tiredness. It could be some physical pain. It could be emotional stuff. Some stuff that maybe I even thought was was worked through might reappear. Mm. Maybe I lost somebody and then that grief is going to be there Mm. maybe it's small stuff but that will all be there yes so it's so that there are moments of joy and like um you know taking a walk and walk and oh my god this is so beautiful and i'm i love the world and then the next moment oh my god i can't sit through this one minute longer yeah i've done 10 day retreats i haven't done longer than that um, and there was a time on a 10 day retreat in the middle where all of a sudden I start to miss people, my, mm. my family. I want, yeah. you know, yeah. I desperately, yeah. um, that's one of the things that happens for me. And yeah. I literally at one point in the very middle of one retreat, just lay on the bed and hung on because I wanted to run out because I, all I, and, and the interesting thing is that when I do get out and when people get out, Pretty much the world is going on as it was, and you call so-and-so, and and they say the same annoying thing that they did the last (laughs) time, and you're like, why did I want to see this person? Oh, my mom, all right, I love her, and and, you know, what was the rush? Yeah. So it was probably just a feeling of, I miss the people I love, and you know, could I just be with that instead of need to act on it and make some... You know. Good point. Good point. I remember one time doing a 10 day silent retreat up in Georgia and we were maybe in day like five, six or so of 10. And there was these two fighter jet planes yeah. that came really low to the ground and uh-huh. blasted by. So like everything had been really quiet up to uh-huh. then. And there also was, I don't remember what year this was, but there was a lot of, well, maybe it was like yesterday, a lot of tumultuous news. Like there was, I don't know. I just remember my own mind, my own story I created off of these two jets coming really low and blasting past like this feeling of like, are we at war or something? Like yeah. what's going on? And, uh, and then no one talked. And by the end of the 10 days, when everyone told their story of what they thought actually was going on when those yeah. plans went by, it was so interesting. Like the insight of the stories yes. of like what we created and oh, it was God. just the basic flyby. It was yeah. no, you know, but it is amazing when you're not able to kind of share stories with other people in that moment and how much the mind will take that particular yes. event and 
you know, yes. it's really insightful, right? Like you really yeah. kind of see where your psyche is at when, when that's going on. Yeah. Uh, what other type of things have you noticed in relation to, you know, studying your own psyche slash meditation? Oh, I mean, that's why it's insight meditation and, you know, Vipassana, um, although shamatha is equally helpful, having an anchor, staying with the anchor. I move through a lot of different practices in my morning meditation, depending on what I need. Um, but I end up with more of an open, oh, I get to see how my mind works every single morning. And I get to see what I call like the top 10 hits that just come on back every time. My mind loves to chew on things. It wants Uh to work on something. Uh I go to sit down. It wants to organize something, plan something. It could be the littlest thing Mm. to the biggest thing. And what I've learned is, I mean, of course, not to banish it, not to make that bad or that that's, I'm not meditating, um, but to recognize what it is. And then also... I sort of have been lately welcoming it in to kind of just be there, not to make a story or go with it, but just welcome it in to kind of be there. Mm. And then Mm. what else is here? And generally what I'm finding an insight just recently is that that is a way that I keep myself feeling safe and in control. And that's Mm. been going on probably since I was very small and that my mind is used to doing that. It's, um, and that there's anxiety under there and there's probably fear. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. And so then I can just welcome that in and be with that. And that's giving me a sort of an insight of where I'm at that day, but also who I am and how I live and how I've you mm. know, organized myself around dealing with that backbeat of anxiety that I think is with me a lot. Yeah. Good, you know, good, so good. that's just an example of yes what time do you start your day and or meditation practice <gasps> well i don't want to scare anybody <laughs> i don't think i'm I don't an think, unusual yeah. uh-huh. i'm i'm a very strange bird when it comes to this uh-huh. Tell um me. i i love the early early morning um for me that works just so beautifully and in, even if i have time later in the day i may meditate later um, I start with a bunch of practices. I do some readings. I, I do a little chanting. I do a little pranayama. Um, I do some things laying in my bed before I get up, uh, brush my teeth and whatever, and then go sit on the cushion. And um, the amount of time depends on what I am able to do, what I need to do, um, what feels right. Sometimes I need to do a, I would like to do a yoga practice in the very beginning of the day because it's a, not sure when that'll happen. Yeah. Um, so I start off very, very early. It's before five. I won't scare anyone by yeah. telling you. Before five. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's so quiet. Why do you, why do you think it would scare somebody like that, that you think people might judge you for being crazy for getting up real, well, like, I mean, I'm are not, you willing to share what time you're, do you have an alarm that goes off or do you naturally wake I up? I do, but I probably naturally will wake up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, it's not that I'm worried people will judge me. I don't, I would love for as many people to avail themselves of some kind of meditation practice as possible mm, yeah. um, because I think it yeah. would, it makes 
the world a better place is my hope and my my dream. And uh, because I may start off sitting because of my stress or my thing, yeah. but it ends up opening my heart and helping me to see that I'm all a part of this huge whole. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just don't want anybody to think that there's a way yeah, that's a good to point. do it. Um, it doesn't yeah. even need to be morning. It doesn't need to be long. It yep. doesn't, you yeah. know, it's whatever works, yeah. but consistent, yeah. even if it was five yeah. minutes, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, sometimes uh, I will sit for a period of time, set this timer. I, I always have a timer, so I don't just get up when the mood strikes because that's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, and get up go have a sip of water, go sit back down and have another period. Nice. That's um, cool. Sometimes that works for yeah, me. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think like you're right. If if you're hoping that more people would like to meditate, if they hear um, just taking a random stab that like say like 1230 in the morning or getting up, <laughs> like I doubt it's that early, uh, gonna then they're going to go, no well, way. that's clearly outside of the realm of realistic right. for me. And so I, I understand what you're saying. I think that's smart. Yeah. That's cool. And it is for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. How has your yoga practices evolved over the years? No. So I, I know that you, like you said, you started with like restorative style. You've gotten a chance to practice yin. I know from here you've practiced Ashtanga with us yes. and Vinyasa flow and yes. that type of stuff. Can you... Uh, I mean, one thing I've noticed over the years is that you have been taking all of our different classes. Yeah. Like sometimes I notice Even people gentle. will will come and they'll say, <laughs> I only want to do just the Ashtanga leg class just yeah. on the Sunday morning and I don't want to do anything else. Right. And then or there's folks that are like, I want to do it all. I want to practice real gentle yin style. Yeah. I also want to do the more uh, dynamic yeah. uh, vinyasa flow. Uh, so on that note, can you share what, uh, how it's evolved for you over the years and what yeah. you're gravitating toward these days? Yeah. Well, I, um, so I am a real yoga lover as I am. You can hear about the meditation. So every day I'm going to practice, have a practice almost every single day, once in a while, if I'm away or whatever, I'm not rigid, but I like to have a practice, which means that I like there to be a variation and a variety. I'm also getting over an injury, so that's um, a hip injury, so that's um, really informed what practices I want to do. Now I'm able to do a faster practice. I'm not quite ready for a heated, heated room, so I'm, but you know, I like to get a couple of a bunch of different practices in that's where I land today. I think I was just open to trying everything and anything. I mean, when I came here, I really hadn't done a, a strict Ashtanga practice. I, I've been in the room and the more advanced practices where I'm. It's like when I was younger and I was you know, I was a modern dancer and I was a pretty strong dancer. So they put me in the ballet class with the. <laughs> the young girls who were, you know, way beyond me and I, my head was spinning. So yeah, yeah. in the advanced practice, um, because I haven't done it, but it's still, I feel so excited to be able to experience all different practices. Mm, yeah, I would say I, you know, just, just use, I have several different studios that I either do recorded or online or in-person classes. Um, and this one is one of the main ones. And since my injury, not as much in person, mm -hmm. but I would say I would do a native 
practice at least twice a week. Mm-hmm. So it's an Ashtanga-like yeah. practice. Yeah, a little a little easier, a little simpler. Uh, I'll I'll bring in a uh, vinyasa practice, um, and then often a yin from here um, and a gentle. Um, then I also have a couple other studios where I do similar things, but they're not Ashtanga studios. Yeah. They're more vinyasa, hatha. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What um, methods of uh, gaining information, for example, reading, movies, art, television, podcasts, what what is your uh, ways of choice to get access to more info these days? Well, I'm a voracious learner um, of a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, of course, my main base is anything yoga, meditation, body work, healing, health. But then I also love the soft sciences, um, I, uh, po- political things when I, I need to know a lot more about something, which is most everything. Um, I used to be much more of a reader, but I found that over time, I find it more comfortable to be able to listen than to read. I can absorb more. Um, I can relax more. I don't fall asleep, which tends to happen when I'm actually reading a book. Um, so I would say podcasts and audiobooks mm. and podcasts are in the way front. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice. And then workshops. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a, I do a lot of consistent, regular workshops through through different places, Insight Meditation Society, Barry Center for Buddhist Studies. It could be something from New York Insight, which is a the Insight Center in New York. Mm. Um, I also have some things from my synagogue, mm-hmm. so Torah mm-hmm. study, Mishnah study. Um, those are ways that I'm learning historical learning, that kind of thing. Um, I also love, I'm right now listening to the Bible and it's actually a Catholic study. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm from a Jewish background, but I consider myself Jewish and also Buddhist and also open to hearing and understanding. So I'm listening to that so that I can really understand the New Testament. Interesting. Um, yeah, I've never, so, I've never thought, I haven't, I haven't listened to the Bible on audiobook yet. I, I've read the Bible from front to back, yeah. but I've never uh, listened to an audio version. What version are you using? So it's one I just started and it's this pastor. I'm going to have to look up his name, but basically he reads mm. and he does every day for a whole year and completes the Bible. He's about to end it and I just started, so I'm going to start again, which I'm actually looking forward to the, to the uh, Old Testament because that's what I'm used to. Yes. But um, then he explains from his perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the only thing that's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm open to everything and I don't want to miss the message for, you know, the way in which it's talked about. Yeah. There's a little bit of this that's about like we are sinners and we're going to become good, which is the opposite of the way that I just have through my own experience come to, to know that I feel like we're born good and we're, we're good. And then we just get covered over with all kinds of Mm. life and things like that. So I'm not on board with everything, but I'm learning. 
Do you think the being born as sinners follows suit with a idea of reincarnation? You know, because with reincarnation, there's this concept that, you know, you're going to have to work through oh, so whatever you did in the past, right? And then you come back and yeah. it's like you're still working till eventually yes. you would work through all your stuff and then not need to return. Yes. And then, I don't know, because like when you say, it's true, I mean, I, I grew up with the Catholic kind of, yeah understanding of yeah. you know original sin and yeah. you know it's right. your duty to yeah. try to work through that but it's interesting because i know from the biblical side there's no reincarnation you know like there's not a lot of overlap in relation to the hindu and or india yeah. idea of reincarnation yeah. so just when you said that it just made me think yeah. i wonder if that That's is interesting. a well, there's similarity a lot of overlap for me yeah yeah <laughs> Because I I avail myself of what works for me without having too, too many cooks in the kitchen. Like this particular Bible study, I'm really wanting to learn as opposed Mm. to Mm. take on Mm. um, another practice. But I would have to say that I don't see reincarnation in quite that same way. Um, I see it as, you know, and even what I guess could be called sin, um, I just see it as me and all my humanness. Yeah. Being a human being, sometimes yes. bumbling, sometimes fumbling with an inner core of just good and love, if I can uncover it. Mm. And yes, there are areas that are going to need more playing with and and maybe not complete in this lifetime. I feel like there are areas in my life that are, are really... Um, that I feel like I'm really um, on the beam and others that are less so, mm. that I'm still learning and learning, and that I may very well need to be back in order to um, to do further learning and growth in that area. Yeah. So I don't see it as a sin as much as, oh, there's Lara again, and she's, you know, she took that path. And <laughs> yeah. She's trying to get over there, but she's, she's not quite there yet. <laughs> And she might kick the bucket before she gets there. <laughs> right. I like that. I think that's a relatively compassionate outlook. Because yeah. it is a little harsh to be like, you're born a sinner. Yeah. You know, because you're right. When you hold a little baby, right. you, you, you don't, no. that's not what I think. I, no. I see like innocence and I yeah. see this incredibly precious yeah. uh, human so uh, un, 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 nothing's really other than crying and just eating and sleeping yeah. and you know it's just so raw and natural and simple it's hard to we imagine have personalities that. and we ha- may have things that that yep. we tend toward and yep. and yet there's that goodness and and something i've learned in my 58 years um I learn a lot better. I, I handle challenge a lot better. I, I come to things in a much more flexible, open way when I love myself through it and to it. Yeah. So any kind of harsh criticism, name calling, beating myself up, getting mad, oh, mm. you did that again. Mm. Even if it's something I've done a hundred times, I find that my learning is is only stunted because then I've got to deal with I, I'm bad and wrong and there I go again, this yeah. other thing. Yeah, good And point. so I'm just really learning to forgive. You know, Tarbrock says forgiven, forgiven. Mm. Not settle back and, oh, it's okay. Yeah, and now I just I just say, oh well, I just yelled at you know yelled at my partner again. Oh well, no, but 
forgiven, forgiven. There I am in all my humanness. And how can I, how can I, you know, do this a little differently Yeah. next time? What about even this time? What could I do now? Good point. Would, you know, how could I, so that's sort of the way that I'm learning to, just because I don't learn well. I don't learn well when somebody else is criticizing me and I don't learn well when I'm criticizing me. Yeah. Good point. Uh, are you a vegetarian? I'm actually vegan. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is that... <laughs> no, I wouldn't even say plant-based. I would say vegan. Okay. Yeah. Are you... Um, is that mostly out of a philosophical uh, backing, like you just care for animals and choose not to uh, uh, ingest them? Yes. I, I care for all beings, and I don't want to harm. And I consider animals in the spectrum of all living beings and actually not lesser than us. Um, and, um, so I don't want to eat them. Understood. Like I don't want to eat, you know, my son either. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> On that note, when you read, when you read old Testament and we hear about these animal sacrifice yes. and, um, yeah. that That's way what of they did appeasing then. God and That's what, what, they did what do then. you, what do you, how do you, how do you feel? Think what do you th- what do you think that was or like why what is the re- what do you think the storyline behind well, that sacrifice would be in or in relation to appeasing a yeah. a, a, a an intelligent force beyond because I encountered this um, I tr- I got a chance to travel through Africa yeah and I met somebody who had his wife was really angry at mm. him mm. and. Uh, so when he went to his uh, mentor, they decided to sacrifice a goat because they figured his wife was possessed by an evil spirit oh, okay. because she was mad yeah. and that the sacrifice would fix that, which from Did my, it? well, you know, it was interesting because when I saw that, I thought, well, why wouldn't I like take a look at myself? Like if my wife is mad at me, yeah. instead of sacrificing an animal to try to make her not mad at me. I probably could change something about me and I bet you she'd be less mad at me. So I just thought it was a really interesting kind of deflection. And I just wonder if maybe the thought that by making an animal sacrifice such as Old Testament times was a, like a deflection. Mm-hmm. But that might be, I hope that I'm not going too he- down no, too heavy a, no, a track here. But you are at all. all right. I mean, the way I, I see it, um, and this is just an ongoing you know, exploration on my part is Mm. that it was something incredibly valuable and valued to them probably in those days. And so, um, you know, that that was what would, they would want to give to, um, God or gods. Um, and it also could be tradition. It could be something, you know, belief. And I, I have friends who are, activists who are vegan activists and I, I I'm so grateful that they are and for me in my life um, and this goes for all of my practices and everything I do no matter how important it is to me mm. if I feel that I've got the answer and that others should be doing what I'm doing and if they're not then they're actually wrong whether I say it or not um, then I feel that I'm really off the beam in terms of loving mm. 
Yeah. Um, loving other yeah. human beings where yeah. they're at, yeah. even having an idea. I mean, the closest people to me, there's not one other vegan in my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking my son, my husband, my mother, my sister, most of my friends respect and love me for my choices. But if I, um, you know, come up with an idea that um, they should be at a place other than they are, then for me, yeah, That's not the loving attitude. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not grateful for people who are shouting to the world, here's what I'm doing and here's why. Um, this approach works for me. I mean, there would yeah. be a war in my yeah. family yeah. if I said, yeah. you know, oh, eight years ago I became vegan. I was vegetarian before that. Um, and when I was pregnant with my son, all of a sudden I felt like I needed to eat meat, and I did that. That was 24 years ago. Yeah. Um, but if I all of a sudden said to my son, you know, I've become vegan and you're bad and wrong for the choices you're making at age 23, or yes. to my husband, you're yeah. bad and wrong because you're not doing what I'm doing, and or you're not mm. meditating, or you're mm. not doing yoga, or mm. you're, then how mm. is that that yeah. I'm being a loving human being? Great point. And that judgment could come right back at us just as easy oh, as yeah. we could put it there. Oh, so, definitely. So it's amazing, isn't when it? When I say vegan, yeah. most of the yeah. time there's a snarl or a face, particularly at a restaurant. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I hear you. I hear you. What, what areas of uh, philanthropy have you mm. engaged in in your life? Yeah. Well, I want to give a shout out to my father who is past and he'll be past on March 6th, it'll be five years. Um, and I know both of us have lost parents in the yes. last period that we've known each other. And that's a life altering yes, um, loss. Yes, it um, is. But I want to give a shout out to him because he um, basically came from absolutely nothing. His goal was to make a lot of money to be able to share with his family and and be um, something other, come to a different place than he was. And he ended up feeling like, okay, I've done enough. Now I want to give back. Now mm. I before I couldn't. Mm. Now I want to. And eventually, I want to teach my children about giving and how important giving is, and particularly. Um, because I do come from a family of some wealth. I'm going to be just particularly honest about that. I used to have guilt, even shame. How come me? And there's where maybe we could bring karma into it. If mm. It's just that just, all right, there I am. Yep. But how do I utilize that? Um, you know, I'm not as wealthy as my father, but um, I want to give back. I want to give back with volunteering, with my own work, but I also want to um, give back with um, funds that I can. Mm-hmm. So my wheelhouse has turned out to be, wait for it, meditation, yoga, bringing that to populations that don't get that, research in that area, an integrative health center in the hospital near me in New Jersey where I've lived oh, for a nice. long time. Where oh, the cool, I didn't know that. Meditation program is the Rogers Family Meditation Program, and it's bringing meditation into the schools, into underserved oh, wow. populations, That's cool. in the hospital for mm. cancer patients, cardiac patients. Doctors are on the board of this integrative health center. It's for the first, the frontline workers. It's 
And that's one of the places. So that tends to be my wheelhouse. Nice. Um, but I'm also care deeply about anti-racist and I have an organization that I, that, that I think just does so many things out of Brooklyn mm-hmm. Vera Institute. So I'm, I've got my hand in a couple different places. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm here um, in, in Juneau beach, I'm looking for local. So the West Palm beach library is a place. Now I went and visited, they have a wellness program. They've got no meditation. They've got wonderful yoga classes that are incredibly well attended in a big auditorium, but they've got not, not a lot yet. Yeah. And so I talked to the CEO of the foundation, which is what really funds the library, even though it's a state. Yes. Yes. And said, you know, can we talk about meditation here? Can we talk about yoga? Can we talk? Cause you've got a huge auditorium and tons of people coming in. Yeah. So if you did more, I bet you'd get more people. Yes. Um, and they've got all kinds of art going on there. And so that's kind of the way I find my, and he's interested. He's, he's very Mm. interested. So I'm like, what would we need to do to support that, to get a couple more classes in there? And what about meditation? And so Very that's cool. kind of how I find my way in. Nice. Are you? Have you ever taught a meditation class and or yoga class? <laughs> Everybody always asks me that. I feel like I connect people. Mm. Um, I've chosen not to take a teacher training um, in yoga, but that doesn't mean that I haven't and don't do a lot of learning. And and you know, one of my uh, I have a two teacher monthly practice where we have a Dharma talk and discussion. Um, I've done a lot of learning about, about, you know, learning from the Bhagavad Gita and, you know, the yoga sutras and, um, and just over the years of yoga. But do I teach? No, I am of the feeling that teaching is something that, that is a very special, very, very special. And that, yeah. I pick and choose who I take my classes with because I feel like the teachers that I do bring something really special. So it informs my life, but I don't teach it. Yeah. I hope it, I bring something to my life and to the people in my life. Meditation, I've dabbled in it periodically, but I kind of feel the same way. I'd love for mm-hmm. the people who <laughs> yeah. are really expert and really bring that special sauce to it to be doing it. I hear you. Great point. I guess I was just imagining or seeing you like leading one of the classes at the library. Yeah, you know, if you, uh, you know, I just was curious if you've ever attempted doing that. Would you be open to doing that if the director said, Laura, we'd like actually like you to teach a meditation class yeah. once a week? Is that something that you think you would be open to or do you, would you prefer to hire somebody else to come and do it? I'd probably get someone else only because yeah. they want consistency yeah. over a whole year yeah. of like, we yeah. want you to do this yeah. twice a yeah. twice a month for a year. And yeah. I would worry about not being able to be that consistent. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would absolutely say yes. Um, That's cool. I was curious. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned uh, at the hospitals that you've been able to implement some meditation and or yeah. mindfulness practices. You called it the, is it the Rogers? Method? Well, it's, it, it's the Graf Center for Integrative Health in Englewood yeah. Hospital. And then yeah. within the Graf Center. Where's that? Where's Englewood? So that's New Jersey. Got it. That's okay. where I'm, where I, you know, 
have been for yeah. many, many years. Got it. Got um, it. And it's a wonderful, wonderful hospital. But there, you know, a lot of hospitals are having an integrative health center. Yes. So it not, we're not throwing away or saying we're not doing Western medicine. We're saying, of course, mm. we're doing mm. Western medicine. If I was diagnosed with something, and would I want to integrate nutrition, acupuncture, meditation, yoga, massage? Um, there's a doctor who heads it. Who you know, you can make a session with and talk about what could I be adding to what I'm doing. Yes. Um, so it's that kind of thing. So when I got asked to be um, involved in the Graf Center, um, which was just a chance meeting with Jennifer Graf, who we met and we went, oh my God, we love each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, will you come on the board? I'm like, I don't know what I can do. And she said, just come and see. And so I, oh, I just wow. asked the question, what kind of meditation? I saw the yoga was getting going, and so yes. I just said, "What kind of meditation are you doing?" Couple of things here and there, but not much. Gotcha. And I really yes. felt like in yes. these days we yeah. know so much about yeah. meditation and yeah. healing and health. Yeah. So that's cool. That's amazing. I, I didn't know that. Are you? So why do you think? And maybe my perception is wrong. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that. Yoga, hatha yoga, physical asana, yeah. yoga exercise practices are well attended. Mm-hmm. Meditation classes in yoga studios, in libraries, yeah. although I can't speak for the library because I've never gone to a meditation session at a library, but yeah. maybe like any sort of physical space are, uh, are less yeah. attended. Yeah. Is my perception accurate? Have you noticed that as well? Or is... You know, I know when we're in little meditation circles, yeah. you know, it seems like, yeah, this is really happening. Like, yeah. say, for example, like the Vipassana, uh, the Gwenka Institute in uh, Jessup, where I would do my uh, sit 10 day course, yeah. you know, they're full. They're totally full They're yeah. You have to get on a wait list. Yeah. And so from that, when I look at it from that angle, yeah, it's really popular. Yes. But then when I from the yoga studio side. Yeah. When I offer meditation classes, yeah. it's just, I don't know, I, I just wonder why yeah. is it not so in, entertaining or interesting? Now, I think I know the answer mm. because to sit quietly, yeah. do absolutely nothing yeah. is so different to the way our culture is wired. So I see why it's challenging. I can understand why meditation, it seems more challenging than a physical practice because a physical practice, there's constant movement and there's less like I can still be distracted, even though I know in the higher forms of an asana practice, the idea is that it would help Mm -hmm. to calm the mind through treating each yoga pose as a meditation pose. But um, I was just curious what your thoughts are on that in relation to what you've observed. Yeah. I think I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head in terms of in a yoga studio you've got people going who are now I happen to think and especially in at native yoga that the ashtanga or ashtanga like practices the practices where I think it's a mindful practice I mean that's one of the things I love about it it's a very mindful practice um and uh so but but I'm getting off the point, which is yes, I think at a there I'm in plenty of places, but they're meditation centers. They're um, you know all different meditation centers where the classes are quite full and packed. 
either retreats or workshops. I mean, I go to a Friday workshop that's got, you know, close to 30 people in it every Friday um, online. Um, But I think it's a challenge at a yoga studio um, because I'm not sure everybody who's going there is interested in um, meditation. They're interested in, that's why I think it's nice to sneak in a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're, when you're in the beginning or in the end, I mean, I have some teachers Now, this is just me because I'm obviously a meditation junkie, but I have teachers that start with some, some real sitting, you know, it could be five minutes. Yeah. Um, Yep. And end with, I mean, what's Shavasana? Yeah. I mean, Shavasana Correct. could be, Correct. and also yeah. the Buddha said, and you know, look, I mean, I, I love the Buddha, but it could be, doesn't have to be connected to Buddhism, but meditation can be in daily life. That might be the most important kind. That's mm. mindfulness, yep. um, laying down, sitting, walking. Mm, so a lot of people have trouble with sitting for yeah. many, many reasons. Yeah, yeah good point. Certainly sitting on the floor. Yeah. I mean, if you get me on a retreat and I'm sitting in a chair, by the way, um, for do, a lot do, of it. Do you? Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you, not on the cushion because of what? Hip, back? I'll be in incredible pain. And it's even so in the chair, painful, right? Because it's hours yeah. and hours and hours. Yeah. I can yeah. sit comfortably yeah. for an hour, yeah. hour and a half, maybe even yeah. two hours. Yeah. But then it starts to get. When you get into the eight to 10 hours oh, a day. It yeah. It's very, it's, but, um, yeah. So I just, that's why I love all different kinds of meditation and doing what works. And for some people taking a, a run is a meditation, you know, it can yeah, expand it. Yeah. Um, and then eventually maybe do some sitting. Yeah. Good point. But the sitting isn't the yeah. most important part to me. It, it's, yeah. and an important part, but what it's, Ho- what I'm hoping it's going to do is help me as I'm going through my day to be more mindful, more in my body, more aware, more aware of what's happening with me, more aware of, mm. can I, you know, where can I be helpful? That's what I'm hoping that it's going to do. Yeah. Good point. Do you remember a time where you practice meditation without having any instruction? Did you ever uh, have like, Wow, what is that? Like maybe you see maybe you see a statue of like a Buddha, mm-hmm. and so you're like, okay, wow, there's this emphasis on a person who chose to sit upright, their back straight, and then perhaps maybe just decided, well, what would happen if I tried that? Let me just sit on a cushion and see what happens. Or did you get introduced like straight up, like, wow, I've never practiced meditation at all. I want to go take a class and try to learn. What was your? You might have already mentioned this in our discussion today, but what was your kind of intro? Yeah. I think I started with some little guided meditations, um, Mm -hmm. more guided and some small bursts with Sarah and Ty and then Hoffman. Mm. Then I did a lot of learning and I would say my whole first year for me of meditating on a regular basis consistently, I did guided meditations. I did not sit with, with, I, I needed that. Yep. And it could be lengthy, um, lengthy being at that time, half an hour or 45 minutes. Yep. Um, since that time, then I've, I've learned to sit on my own, but I still intersperse in the morning. I, I do quiet, mm-hmm. um, sit, mm-hmm. um, because I've had a lot of teachers and a lot of teachings and I still have a teacher who I see once a month to check in on my meditation practice, half an hour. We talk about that. 
Interesting. Um, and teachers that I follow who I take instruction from. Yeah. Um, but I would say there's nothing wrong with guided. There's nothing wrong with apps. Um, you know. What type of feedback have you received recently from your meditation teacher in relation to them analyzing your practice? Yeah. What type of feedback have they given you? Like, yeah. uh, oh, such good. It's so, it's so helpful to be able to sit in a group sometimes, not just sit alone. Yeah. So that's something I, I highly recommend. And to be able to talk about it with someone, yeah. um, particularly if it's somebody who knows a lot. I'll, I've, some people are talking to me as a mentor these days. I didn't ask for that. And I need mentors, definitely. Yeah. One of the things that she mentioned just as a snapshot recently was um, that on some level, I was still trying to banish uncomfortable things. Um, I had the right idea or a, or a healthy idea of, okay, come sit. But it was sort of like, sit down, shut up, I'm meditating. Uh (laughs) Uh Um, Uh I mean, on some level. So she helped me to sort of see that. And that's why she uses this sort of open pasture. Let's welcome in this thing. Allow it to sort of be here without making a story with it or going into it. Okay, that's here. And what else is here? Yeah. So that was the latest thing that's Mm. been so helpful. So I Mm. always bring something she taught me and try to mm. use that. And then I'll check in mm. with her again. Mm. Um, and I think I have a check in with her maybe in two That's weeks. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I see what you mean. I think that would, that, that is important. Yeah. How, when you look at say current world events, oh. do you think that there is more violence now, equal violence, less violence? Yeah. Cause I hear different, I hear so many different opinions about this. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll hear, uh, somebody say like, we have more food on the planet. There's less, there's less food insecurity than there ever mm-hmm. has been. Mm-hmm. Even though we see isolated events of violence and warfare yeah. that it's less than it actually was. Yeah. I don't know. Give this yeah. a thousand years ago. I don't yeah. know how, how would you even measure this? I mean, I, I know this is uh, what a, what a like deep little, uh, trench to, to dive yeah. into. But, uh, I guess, more the question, if I keep it direct and simpler, um, how are you processing current world events? Mm-hmm. Well, I can answer that in a couple of ways. One is, you know, I, I'm no expert and I don't know whether it's more or less. If I had to make a guess, you know, I, I think that in all of our humanness, um, that we have a tendency, and I'm including myself, to you know, come up with beliefs and ideals and to make lines where, where property begins and ends and to, you know, to, we've created time and money and, you know, all these things and, um, they're all important and it's the way that we live and, um, we, we are willing to fight and kill, um, on some, at some, on some level because of those beliefs, um, and that that's been going on for a really, really long time. And my hope is that there are more and more of us who are wanting peace and healing. Um, and and yet, I, I totally understand. I mean, my position is I feel for all aspects of any kind of war, um, even 
the ones that seem to be, you know, let's just say even the terrorist who has a bomb strapped to his back, I feel, you know, my feeling is this is just somebody who's really unwell. It's levels of unwell, um, yeah, levels of sense. not being able to discern what a, what a healthy healing way of being able to come at something might be. It's just not able to, um, it's levels of illness, sickness. Um, it's primitive to, you know, if, if you say, say something, Todd, to me that I don't like or I don't agree with, even if it was something like, Lara, I don't like, you know, your yoga practice sucked the other day, which you'd never say. If I turned around and <laughs> give you a, a punch in the face, I mean, that would be out of our realm of possibility, right? Yep. I would yep. want to hear you. Yep. I would yep. work to open myself yep. up to what is yep. Todd trying to yep. say to me? Okay, yep. the the delivery was difficult, but how, what can I, what can I be learning? Okay. That hurt my feelings. I might mm. say, Oh Todd, that hurt mm. my feelings. Mm. I'm not saying yeah. in, in, in Gaza, they're going to say, Oh, that hurt my feelings. Um, but I'm just saying these are different levels and very I human. Yeah. What I can say for myself is that I have a very specific amount of news that I ingest and in a certain way that I ingest it. Um, I, I, in the morning I do read and take at least 15 minutes. It could be 20 to go through what's going on. I have certain sources that I feel like are, are giving me the whole picture. Um, and then I, unless it comes to me, I don't go and I don't watch any news. Mm. I don't watch images. Mm. I don't watch images of factory farming either. I, I understand what's going on, and I just feel that it's not going to be... I don't need that kind of shock to know the devastation, and I feel that it will hinder me from bringing a loving presence. Um, I've accidentally seen a couple of... Uh, some when I was watching interviews um, to try to understand more about mm. this instance, mm. Ukraine or or the Gaza Strip in Israel, and you know I I feel that I don't need to to see that to know yeah. what's happening. So for me, that's that's interesting. You know, I like that you're bringing up that you have a almost like the same way we would uh, work with our diet. Yeah, the consumption of information, yes. doing it in a way where I have a, a time of the day I do it. Yeah. I have an amount that I need. I right. am able to recognize when I'm full. Yes. I just like I could overeat I so and just important. keep going and keep going. And even yeah. though I'm full, I just kind of, I just love the satisfaction of consuming, consuming. Yeah. And so then from an information perspective to yeah. develop those types of skills. That's and been really important for me. I think it's different for different people. I mean, I come from a family. I grew up in Washington, DC. My mother was in politics. Um, she, loves to hear, you know, throughout the day, even if it's the same stuff. And, and that works for her. And, and, you know, she doesn't seem overly upset by it. Um, but I also know a lot of people who are consuming without being um, aware. And so not making healing healthy choices for themselves. So yeah, I think it's just point. really important to be intentional. Yeah. yeah good How point. much do I want and need? Mm. Good and point. what is good for me? Yeah, good point. I did hear the argument to the other day, a uh, newspaper article that I read uh, about 
someone saying that the images that, so in, w w they control what images we see. So, you know, when a journalist, say the photographer goes in, takes pics, then the media will filter through and decide what oh, is appropriate yeah. for our consumption. Definitely. And the argument was made that perhaps we would have less war if we saw the real, the reality of what it looks like, that we'd be a little more connected to it versus, you know, it's like, if I don't like, if, uh, you know, cause it hurts to see it. Right. Yeah. It's painful for some of us. And I thought, well, that's a really good point. I wonder, but then at the same time, there's an actual organization that is aware that these images cause traumatic. This is traumatic for us to see. So is the amount of trauma worth the growth potential? And I just thought, what an interesting question. I don't have an answer. I don't expect you to have an answer to that either, but. Oh, I, I do though. Good. Please tell me then. I want to hear it. I mean, not really, I know, but I, know. I, I, know. I do think that social media and media is a whole different thing than it was. So we may be skewed in how we see how much is going on because we're seeing it. And we're knowing about it, which I'm not yeah. saying is a bad thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a divisiveness and a, a, that's happened because of the feeds that we're each getting. My feed is, you know, all my liberal animal yoga um, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. my super left. That's what's coming to me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to be seeing the same things, which is why I mm -hmm. like to get a paper that's going to cover everything. And I also like to listen to where yeah. others are coming from because my feeling is that what's super missing is understanding even the person who comes from the opposite perspective yeah. that I have to be yeah. able to listen. Yeah. And it's probably going to be that they think yeah. it's best for yeah. themselves and the ones yeah. they love yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Can I relate to that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. Yeah. The way in which may Great be point. different. Great point. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I think that's hugely missing. Yeah. And, you know, it certainly would lead to war and there's also a lot of mental illness. Um, yeah. Great point. Yeah. I see what you, I see what you mean. I know it's so interesting. Well, I'm excited to hear that you believe in the importance of yoga meditation and that you're actually doing what you can do to help get that out there as much yeah. as possible. I share a similar belief. I also, uh, had a, have, uh, believe strongly that even when I'm listening to say opposing ideas, which I also consciously seek out mm -hmm. I, uh, on purpose, like, yeah. you know, I, I want to hear yeah. the too. opposing ideas that, or when I'm talking in conversation with somebody and you know, the, if my first thought is, Oh boy, here we go. I know exactly yeah. where this person's coming from. Right. And then I just said, well, let me keep listening. Yeah. If I keep listening and I listen for a half hour or even a little longer that, um, that there's going to be something that I'm going to be like, yeah, but I kind of do agree with you on that. Yeah. Like, and it might be oh, a little definitely. tiny piece, but I just think that's so important. It's I so think the more important. we could listen, yes. <laughs> even though I'd like, maybe I don't like the info you're giving yeah. me, but I'm just not going to rebuttal. I'm just going to listen. At some point I'll find yeah. some thing that we do see eye to eye on. And then if we hone in on that little thing from there, 
and if, if, if we can, if I can come up with a question back in that moment, then yeah. we'll edge into some little space where there, we are on that common ground and yeah. we're on that green pasture and right. we're welcoming it in or and we're both <laughs> not on common ground, but just, I hear you. I see you. I understand this is important to you. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I take deep dives into, you know, things where I feel like I've, I've got a side, you know, I mean, I won't get into it cause this isn't the place, but you know, having been brought up, um, as a Zionist and Jewish, it's, I've taken a deep dive into what's bringing about what seems to be anti-Semitic, what's, you know, what is going on in Palestine, um, because that, you know, I'm of an age where that wasn't natural for me. The younger generation, even in my family, are, you know, marching, um, a lot of them marching for Palestine. I'm not saying I come out any which way, but what I have done is taken a huge dive into understanding everything and where, as much as I possibly can, yeah. and where I come out is, I don't want anyone suffering. Yeah. Over, over anything. And that's okay. That's pie in the sky, but I'm listening to people who are coming up with ideas on what they think could possibly work. Not at this very moment, but possibly. Um, and it's not, did not, wasn't what I originally came to it as. I mean, I couldn't even hear anyone say, um, you know, only stuff about Palestine, let's say on Instagram, if they didn't mention Israel, I felt offended, hurt. It wasn't that I did. I want everybody to be mentioned. And now it's not, I'm just not as offended because I'm trying to understand. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about, Yeah, you know, or at least what are people seeing in, you know, well, we're in Florida, so I'm not even going to (laughs) mention Because I think I think the the uh, liberals might be in the minority here, but what what are people seeing in the person that they want for president? They're seeing something. What is it that they need? Mm. Um, security. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fear. Yeah. Fear yeah. is driving. You know, yeah. I don't want yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. foreigners near or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh right, I hear you. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, I don't think I answered yeah. any of your questions. No, there, you did. Whatever. You did. I mean, what was my question? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, this is why we're having conversations so yeah. we can hash out ideas, yeah. explore where you and I are coming from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm really thankful for you taking time out of your day and no, you are you such a me. big supporter and you listen to every single episode I do. and you give me feedback and I've, I've learned a lot from the feedback that you've given me. Oh, and so I really you. appreciate and all I love of your the yoga, but I have to also say, just so people know that I also, um, have done Thai massage over the years. And I feel like I, if I talk, think about my favorite healing modalities and I have many that I love, Thai massage, I would say um, sound healing, um, and Reiki-ish kinds Mm of, um, and then it gets into even more woo-woo stuff, my Reiki practitioner. Um, Those are my three favorites. So, um, you know, I just want to mention that because that's something you and I, I mean, you've been doing Thai massage with me for I mean, not as long as I've been doing yoga, but for a long time. Oh man. Well, thank you for mentioning that because I do love Thai massage. I love it. It is amazing. I mean, all massage is good, but I just love that as an adjunct to 
healing and my yoga practice and being able to be stretched and also be massaged on the ground. Yes. I just love that. Yes. Cool, Laura. Well, thanks again for coming in for in person. Me. I you you have so many thoughtful things to say. It, the cool thing, well, you know, uh, that has been one of the benefits of being able to work with you on a one on one level, and uh, and so I've just enjoyed hearing all your thoughts and ideas. That's where I got the idea. Like, oh my gosh, I got to bring Laura on the podcast <laughs> so we can get some of this out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun to hear all the breadth of the people you bring in and students. I mean. That's interesting. I hear yeah. I know. I mean, I think everybody has a story. Yeah. I mean, and I do want to keep it around yoga and meditation yes, and massage and all that stuff. But I also think that, yeah, some of these big picture, like how are we going to solve these problems in the world? And I mean, to just leave it up to haphazard chance at this point uh, is why when we're so intelligent and smart and we could plan and strategize, I know it's way more difficult that to see, have culture, see eye to eye, but I mean, I am, a like when I, when I hear this idea that, um, that, oh gosh, I guess basically I, I really appreciate living here in South Florida with an incredibly diverse, yeah. Uh, population coming from all over the world. Yep. I I love this. I think yeah. this is incredible. Is. I like having an, a really diverse mixture of, of people uh, yeah. and ideas and religions and philosophies yeah. and uh, levels of- New Jersey of, and New York is well represented around here. <laughs> <laughs> Connecticut, Massachusetts. True. and California. But everywhere, Texas, right? Um, yeah. yeah, but Iowa, you know, your students uh, also- <laughs> would be talking about their yoga practice. You know, like you asked me, how did you start yeah, at this? Yeah, how does it feel? Yeah, you could be yeah, someone who's just done yeah, it for a year. Yeah, That's fascinating. Yeah, truly. What, yeah, what made you decide yeah, now at yeah, age 50 to start doing yoga? Yeah, or you're 20 something yeah, and you're doing this yeah, intense Mysore yeah, practice. Yeah. Or, yeah. I should find somebody that's never done yoga mm-hmm. and bring them on and, and see and ask them questions like, are you scared to try it? I'm like, <laughs> They'll probably say like, yes. Cause you guys all look crazy. I don't want to get in that craziness, but, um, no, I don't think people look at, well, I mean, yoga has such an interesting, there's such an interesting perception on yeah. yoga. When we, when Tamara and I were first opening up and, um, you know, we were like, wow, we're going to tr- give this a go here. Uh, somebody walked by and said, Oh, you're a yogurt studio. I love yogurt. And I was like, Oh no, no. how is this going to go? Like, no, it says yoga. And I was like thinking like, this is going to be tough, you know, but, um, but now so, it's part of what everybody knows. I, I right? think so. I think so. Yeah. It, right. Truly. Right. You, you figure have made a decision not to, because yeah. like with meditation thinking I have to clear my mind, like with yoga yeah. thinking yeah. I have to be some yeah. particular yeah. body or yeah. I have to be able to yeah. stretch or yeah. this or that, yeah. which we know is not yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. Well, good point, Laura. I'm so, so excited to have this opportunity. Thank you so much for you, joining John. on and I will uh, bring you back again uh-huh. and we'll, we'll cover some more. Okay. Thank you. All right. Native Yoga Toddcast is produced by myself. The theme music is dreamed up by Bryce Allen. If you like this show, let me know. If there's room for improvement, I want to hear that too. We are curious to know what you think and what you want more of, what I can improve. And if you have ideas for future guests or topics, 
please send us your thoughts to info at Native Yoga Center. You can find us at nativeyogacenter.com. And hey, if you did like this episode, share it with your friends, rate it and review, and join us next time. Thank you.